What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Debo Samuel is off to quite a start. He is the second most receiving yards in 49ers history through the first four games of a season. Who do you think has the most? Jerry huh? Rice. Yeah, yeah, Jerry Rice. Yeah. Good call, Heath. Good call. Uh, we'll talk about him. Cordell Patterson is off to a great start, and you can make him eligible at running back and wide receiver in your leagues, by the way, in the commissioner tools. Alvin Kamara is off to a little bit of an interesting start. Third in the NFL in carries, but not even top 20, I don't think, in catches. Speaking of commissioner tools. No, stop. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can't do this. Uh, Are you okay? Uh, Yeah, I guess. I mean, first off, congratulations. Don't don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. For qualifying for the playoffs. Don't say it. Um, Like, Wow. What a 24-hour stretch. The biggest commissioner debacle I think I've ever witnessed. It's not my and fault. And your team loses a one-game playoff to get into the playoffs. Um, no, they were in the playoffs, you idiot. I, no, I'm pretty sure the playoffs start No, now. the playoffs, are, that um, was the wild card round. Just who would ever have ha- a one-game one playoff? That's that's ridiculous. Um, Football. That was like a tiebreaker. <laughs> Football happens. Um, like, wow. Are you okay? I'm stressed. I'm stressed because the podcast league is driving me crazy right now. Partially my own fault. I, I this, is a, this, is a, this is a thing though that it's it's much better that you learned this with the podcast league than with your children. And I've made this mistake with my children, so I just want to help you out. Okay. You don't make threats yeah. that you don't want to enforce. And you yep. made a threat that you were not willing to enforce. Mm-hmm. And now you're dealing with the with the repercussions. I think I ultimately made the right decision. But yes, the Fantasy Cops are coming on today, and we will talk about this very controversial decision in the podcast league. I got some quick trade questions for you here. What we're going to do today is a little bit different. We usually do buy low, sell high. There will be some of that kind of woven into the fabric of the show. But we're, we're going to take a little inventory of each position and decide who we think are the real difference makers. If you have these guys, you don't even think twice about starting them. You feel like you have an advantage at the position. Uh, and who could break into that group and who could who could leave that group 
and that will give us sort of that buy low, sell high flavor, and we'll do that for each position. But let me start with five quick trade questions for you. What would you trade Cordaro Patterson for right now? What would you give up Patterson to get right now? Dave, you can start. I would love to try and get T. Higgins, who didn't play last week. Maybe people have forgotten about what his upside is. You sell high on Cordell Patterson, you get somebody like T. Higgins. Maybe you even get somebody like George Kittle, who hasn't been quite delivering, but he's playing a premium position, and you know that numbers will eventually come for him. Uh, those would be two guys that I would try. I, I think I'd be winning the trade if I got those guys for Cordell Patterson. And I'd go a little lower at tight end. I would also accept Mark Andrews um, for Cordell Patterson. I think that's higher. I, I, think that's I would higher. like a rest of season. You'd rather have Andrews than Kittle? I think so. Wow. That's that's a developing situation. Um, Jalen Hurts was the quarterback that I thought of, that I think Jalen Hurts will be a difference maker. Uh, I don't know. Like Trading him for a running back right now feels really weird. I'm not sure I would give him up for T. Higgins, to be honest. Um, but the running back, I would trade him for... Um, man. Want some names? I can't find like a buy low running back that I would like to trade him for. What about a, a would you trade him for a running back who you might consider a sell high whose value was zero at one point this year? Zach Moss. I'd rather have Cordero Patterson. I don't know if I would. And I know you'd rather have Jacobs. You and I value Jacobs a lot differently. What about Miles Sanders? I'm offering you Miles Sanders right now for Cordell Patterson. You taking I that deal? Think I'd, I think I'd just probably keep Patterson. I would mm -hmm. keep Patterson if it's a PPR league. How about Daryl Henderson or Patterson? I'd rather Henderson. have Henderson, but I don't think you're gonna. I don't think you're gonna be able to pull that off. But yeah, I would take Henderson. You might be able to pull that off only because of the dual eligibility. I mean, it is kind of helpful, but sure. Yeah. Let me give you one more. Our right, last one, and then you can move on. Mm -hmm. David Montgomery. <laughs> I would have to be three and Patterson. one at worst. Right. But I'm one in three and I need a running back. Then I would probably do that. I don't. Yeah, probably. All right. So at least, so it sounds like you're buying Patterson as a usable option going forward and not a, a total fluke. Do you, do you think, I know this sounds crazy, but do you think that Russell Gage's eventual return will hurt Patterson in a significant way? No. Okay. Not necessarily. I think it might hurt Mike Davis. Okay. Um, I, I just want to read something. You mentioned Jalen Hurts, so I know this is off subject, but uh, Michelle Magic, who we've had on our show before at Ball Blast them, she tweeted uh, a few days ago, most fantasy points by a quarterback in his first eight career starts. Mahomes, one. Deshaun Watson, two. Cam Newton, three. Jalen Hurts, four. Justin Herbert, five. Thought that was pretty interesting. Next topic. What would you trade Debo Samuel for? You are giving up Debo Samuel. You have to get what? Samuel has 490 yards, a 31% target share. He's the number three receiver in fantasy. Heath, you're giving up Samuel. You need to get what for Debo? Ikes. Um, I would need more than I would need for Cordero Patterson. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I would maybe, I would like... Maybe you could get something like Tyler Lockett after two bad games. Um, maybe you could get something like, oh, 
geez, Louise, like those running backs we were talking about, maybe could I could I have something like a Daryl Henderson plus Michael Pittman? Uh, you could try for something like that? that. I mean, is it, so what what about Amari Cooper or CD Lamb? Would you trade Debo for them? In a heartbeat. No. <laughs> Who's buying Debo more here? It sounds like Heath is buying Debo. Well, Heath's also a little bit down on the Cowboys passing game. Um, I, oh, I'm scared to death of the Cowboys passing game. If they come out and throw the ball 25 times this week against the Giants, and why wouldn't they? Then I think that you've got a full-on Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are number three wide receivers. Yeah, their value could free fall after this week, maybe after next week. But Debo, to me, and, and we talked about it on the live show on Tuesday, he's like the ultimate sell-high receiver. Drafted why? him in the mid-round or later. And he's he's been getting crazy targets while the 49ers offense has been fairly discombobulated. And it's now going to be put in Trey Lance's hands for a week. Then they're on bye. And we'll see how they come out of it. Listen, I think Debo's great. But if you can turn him into Michael Pittman and Daryl Henderson, I think that that's a what? steal. Oh, wait a second. Uh, really? First of all, Pittman has done almost nothing. He has had a one of my favorite by low. So we could just do that part. Because he's getting so many targets. I'm, I I hope so. I, I like that. But I he's not doing much with the targets except for the Rams game. And what what about when Hilton comes back? That's going to happen eventually. Maybe he won't be such a target hog at that point. Right, but, but you're not getting just Michael Pittman for yeah. Debo Samuel. You're also getting a potential top 12 running back rest of season <sighs> in really Daryl Henderson. Buying in a lot to Henderson, huh? That's top 12. That's I mean, lofty. I, I potential. how many running backs out there are getting 90% of the snaps with their teams and are playing in high-scoring offenses? I, will, I think what's happened with Debo, with me, and it's the same thing that's happening with Marquise Brown, um, I put out a dynasty trade poll on Twitter yesterday and just got killed for suggesting that someone might give up a first round pick in dynasty for Marquise Brown. Um, really? So you're saying people don't think that that's enough or people think people that's are not buying these potential third year wide receiver breakouts. And if I wonder if it's because we decided in the last two years that the wide receiver breakout year is now year two and not year three. And so the guys that didn't break out year two, everybody gave up on, mm-hmm. but uh, Samuel is getting a huge number of targets. He's running a more complete route tree. He looks more like a real wide receiver. Right. They don't have the ability right now to run the ball like they have in the past. Now, I'm not by the end of the year, maybe that will change, but it's been multiple different running backs that are not having the success in the running game that they have in the past. In the past, it's not had anything to do with the actual running backs. It's been because they generated four yards before anybody touched them. They're not doing uh, that. Well, right. that's a little unfair to, to Mostert. I think Mostert's... Raheem Mostert led the NFL in yards before contact. He would average four or five yards before contact. But he contact. also did plenty after the fact, and he's uh, he's the best running back on the team. Um, but, f- I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter. He was like, made by the San Francisco system. I don't agree with that. He's I a, don't completely he's a UDF, agree with that. Like he's, okay. I don't completely agree. I mean, look, he I, obviously it helped. teams and it didn't work. Obviously it helped, but he had, like, I guess I always bring this up. He had the two fastest plays in the NFL by a running back. You know what generates year. the fastest plays? Running speed. for 30 yards with nobody in speed, front of him. Speed. Speed. He's fast. He's really fast. And he's much better than the Daniel other running backs Jones that they throw out there. So why the is faster it, sprint speed so why than Lamar is it Jackson? That is faster than Lamar Jackson? Why is Trey Sermon so much better? Why isn't Trey Sermon doing better? Why didn't Eli Mitchell do better? Why because does Raheem Mostert consistently said. do? Why does Raheem Mostert consistently do better than every other running back in that system? He has been the best. 
Why is that so hard to accept? I don't know why you you just don't like Raheem Mostert. He's, he's I do not really dislike good. Raheem Mostert, but that's it's, yeah, it is do. true that the 49er system made him. Uh, no, it is true that the 49er system— He would probably have never been a fantasy-relevant running back had he not gone uh, to San Francisco. He had plenty to do with it. He's, he's good. No, I mean, that might be true. And it was the you know arguably the, one of the best systems for sure. But but he's good—whatever. Uh, let's get back to Debo. Um, what a wonderful debate about a guy that no one can use in fantasy football potentially ever again. Well, uh, no, look, they're not running the ball as well. Their defense is— <laughs> Average, I think they're twentieth and twenty second in scoring defense. So right now they're below average. Maybe it's a legit breakout. If you, how about this? If you take away the two flukiest plays for him, right? So the not the entire the catch, touchdown, right? not the entire catch, but the the fifty plus yards and the touchdown after the defender falls down, and the seventy six yard touchdown from last week where he was wide open. You shouldn't remove them because that happens to all receivers to some receivers. Right? But even if you did. He's a top 20 wide receiver. He's 18th in non-PPR, and he's, I think, 14th in full PPR, even without those two plays. So is he, in your mind, at least a top 20 wide receiver going forward, Debo Samuel? Yes. I've got him 22nd in non-PPR rest of the season, higher than that in full PPR. Okay. All right, next topic. How do you value Alvin Kamara? I asked this because last night on our live stream, flooded with Alvin Kamara trade questions. So how do you value Kamara, uh -huh. who is just outside the top 12? I mean, he's within a couple points of, of the top 10, probably. It's a very bunched up right now. But um, Dave, your thoughts? He's 18th in PPR points per game among running backs. So that worries me. We know that he's not getting the same type of catches that he's had in the past. We knew that there would be a downgrade there. But we were thinking it might be by 20 catches over the span of the season, tacking on an extra game. I don't know what the pace is right now. I think it's 10 catches through four games. So if you, uh, if if one of you math wizards can figure it out, we'll have an idea of how many catches he's on pace for. He was um, he was on pace for about 55 catches going into with 57 going into week four when he didn't have a target for the first. Well, so that's. Clearly going down since he yeah. didn't do anything in the passing game in week four. He also had Taysom Hill Bogart a couple of touchdowns from him in week four. I think he's still I I look, you're starting Alvin Kamara if you've got him on your fantasy team, but if you can trade him at a value similar to what a top five running back would normally get, you should strongly consider it, regardless of format. I value him as a top ten running back. Okay. Fair. So I'm going to just go through some names. So McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, they're easy. Zeke, Jones, ahead of him? Yes. Who else? Uh, yeah. Eckler, Eckler ahead of him at this point? Yes. Probably. It's close. All right. John I'm, I'm just not – like, he still has a 17% target share. I'm just not certain. Like, are they going to keep throwing the ball 22 times a game? Probably not. He hasn't had a rushing touchdown despite having the third most carries. That's in the that's NFL. just unlucky. Yeah. All right. All right. Kamara is uh, unlucky and unfortunate because two of them were taken from him last week. That's true. Who is your favorite by low, Heath? I know who it is. Who's your favorite by low? It's it's Michael Pitt, man. Um, I believe he has thirty-two targets over his last three games, and I know like this is the thing where my touchdown or touchdown luck bias will show through. But when I see a guy that's consistently scoring 
12 plus fantasy points without touchdowns. Now, this didn't work with Jacoby Myers, obviously. I think that is the guy that I want to go get. In the last three weeks, 20.3, PPR fantasy points. Zero touchdowns in those three games. He's going to score touchdowns. He has five targets inside the 10-yard line, I believe is what Dave said, or in the red zone. Um, inside the I, 10. Inside the 10. It, I, I just believe, again, that this, this is one where the breakout is happening. It's being disguised by the fact that he hasn't scored yet, and he's going to be a borderline number two wide receiver rest of season. I don't have any reason to believe that T.Y. Hilton is going to make a difference when he comes back. If he comes back, I mean, they're being very vague about it. They're not giving a timetable. Uh, Frank Reich said T.Y. Hilton is closer, but nothing worth reporting at this point. Seems very vague, and he has a neck. He had a neck injury. Obviously, it's gonna. It's a serious thing. I mean, that you know, it's a neck injury. It's not like a sprained ankle. Uh, Dave, who's your favorite buy low? It sounds a little silly to say this, but Daryl Henderson, who has been getting a ton of work. I know that he's got some injury concerns, but the Rams offense is going to be one that puts up a ton of points. Came back last week, played 90% of the snaps. A Sony Michelle fumble might have helped in that regard. And he didn't have a monster game. He didn't score. He had over 100 total yards. And I wonder if fantasy managers might trade Henderson away at a value that isn't what it should be. I, I think he should be viewed as a running back who you don't have to necessarily give up top 12 value for in a trade but with the understanding that he could be a top 12 running back very, very quickly here. I think he also has eight catches in his last two games. Daryl Henderson, that's a big deal. He had five, I think, in week four. He had five, and then he had three the week before. So eight catches in his last two games. Yeah, we don't expect four per game, but it's nice to have a little bit of involvement there. Who is your favorite sell high, Heath? This one is way more difficult for me, Um, but it's probably going to be Najee Harris if somebody buys him as a top five running back rest of season just because that's what he's been so far and he does lead the lead all running backs in receptions on the year a lot of that obviously has to do with the 19 target game this offense is a complete disaster he's going I don't think there's much hope that the 3.4 yards per carry improves and so I think you're probably getting 40 to 50 rushing yards each week. I'm not 100% sure when Claypool, Juju, and Deontay Johnson are all healthy that there is going to be a massive target share for Najee Harris. I think it'll be more like just an acceptable target share. Okay. Would you rather, would you have, rather have him or Kamara rest of season? Kamara. Me too. Uh, would you rather have Najee Harris or Debo Samuel? Probably Najee. Oh my gosh, Najee. Najee Harris or Cooper Cup? Harris has more value on the trade chart. Probably Cup. Okay. Dave, favorite sell high? Favorite sell high is Debo. Because I, I don't think it's sustainable. We've seen two games where he's had huge plays and he's put up 30 PPR points. We've also seen two games with 15 or fewer PPR points. Whoa. He's, he's, I, think whoa. Little, I think that's a little whoa. harsh, though. I mean, I, 15 or fewer Am I wrong on that? Maybe no. I was looking at a half. No, PPR. no, no. It's no, not that you're 15 wrong. 15 fantasy points is like wide receiver seven for the week or something. Uh, I, don't I don't think so. I think I it's probably it's like, like okay. around 20th or 13. so. But, but I mean, but what do you, you, he's not going to have a huge game every week. If you're going to keep him, I think you need to understand that Debo Samuel is not going to keep this up. He's not, I don't think he's going to be a top 12 wide receiver rest of season. And if, if you want to trade him away and get top 12 value for him, now's the perfect time to do it. 
big, big question mark coming this week with Trey Lance under center, then a bye. And then when that bye is over, that 49ers run game could be back. And I think Garoppolo could be back by then, too. We'll see. That would help Debo. But there's still the matter of this team leaning on the run quite a bit and Debo Samuel seeing a lot of 10 to 15 PPR point games. Not saying he's a bad player. He's definitely improved. You can see that when you watch him. But I don't see him having a bunch of 20-plus games like the top wide receivers in fantasy typically do. In the interest of um, always decimal scoring, Debo actually has at least 16.1 PPR fantasy points in three or four games. Yeah, he only had one bad game, and even in that game, he had double-digit targets, I think. So, you know, like I True. said, target shares over 30%, and um, they're 19th, I believe, in pass attempts. But I don't think anyone would argue with turning him into a top 10, top 12 wide receiver. Am I giving him away in a non-PPR if I accept Marquise Brown for him? Um, no, because th- he's well, got four touch. He's got three touchdowns, and two of them were pretty fortunate. So why? But why would why would what Marquise Brown's done be more believable than what Debo Samuel's done? Why because would you I, want to have Brown over Samuel? Because I think Brown has a chance to continue to keep doing what he's doing. I think he's a clear part of this Baltimore offense. Like he's their number one receiver. Debo is technically their number one receiver, but there's Kittle there as well. I, you Mark know, Andrews is there. Andrews is there. That's a fair point. The run point. game's a bigger I threat mean, in Baltimore. The targets are even clear. I think the run game's the, a bigger threat. Dave, the, the answer is actually yes. I mean, because even if you think Brown is going to be better, if you're trading Debo for Brown, that's not that's not good fantasy football play, right? I mean, you've got to get more. Debo's value is so much higher right now than Marquise Brown's. I would think that you could get more for Debo, even in a non-PPR than Marquise mm-hmm. Brown. It's literally the next name above Brown or above Samuel in my non-PPR trade chart. All right. PPR, there's no doubt. All right, let's, uh, let's move on. Um, all right, yeah, so good stuff. All right, thank you for your for your buy lows and sell highs. Uh, I'm going to try to do a fun Halloween uh, fantasy football name for the rest of the month because this is my favorite month, and Halloween is the best holiday, Heath. Please leave your lights on this year. Um, Zero percent chance. Uh, today's Halloween football name is... Demarcus Werewolf. Demarcus Werewolf. If we've used these before, I'm sorry, I forgot. There you go. Demarcus Werewolf. Do you want an edge while setting your defense while you're setting your DFS lineups? Check out the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. It's awesome. Frank Stample, Mike McClure, C and Ajad, they're gonna help you dominate cash games, GPP. Uh, Whatever it is, deep diving into pricing and matchups, listen to the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast wherever you listen to FFT. And Sunday is a big day. The NFL on CBS welcomes in Week 5 with some fantastic matchups, including Tom Brady and the Bucks hosting the Dolphins, the Saints taking on the Washington football team, and a battle between two of the best young quarterbacks in Los Angeles. Uh, It's Baker Mayfield's uh, Browns meeting Justin Herbert's Chargers. Coverage begins at noon Eastern with the NFL Today. That's Week 5 of the NFL coming up this Sunday on CBS. News and notes real quick here. Ben Roethlisberger has a hip issue. Uh, but Mike Tomlin still said he's the best option at quarterback. Gave him a little bit of a vote of confidence. Uh, the Patriots could sign linebacker Jamie Collins. He was cut by Detroit. The Patriots also, we, you know, we're going to be high on Damian Harris, I presume, this week. But they might be missing two more linemen. Isaiah Wynn and Mike Onwenu, hope I said that right, are both on the reserve COVID list. Both starters on the left side of the line. 
uh, David Montgomery's out four to five weeks. That news broke late in our show yesterday. So reassessing that now. You know, not the easiest matchups. A bye week could be part of that. You know, what do you think, Dave, about Damian Williams in this upcoming stretch? I'm going to like him a lot this week against Las Vegas. Seems to be mostly healthy. I don't think the thigh bruise is going to be something that totally slows him down. I do think he will lose a little bit of work to Khalil Herbert. But I think you're starting him as a number two fantasy running back for this week. It's the matchups after this week that are going to make me a little queasy. Uh, it's some combination of Green Bay, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and Pittsburgh that could make things a little bit tough on Damian Williams. But we're at a point right now in the season where if you have a running back who's got potential to get 15 touches on your roster, congratulations, you have a guy that's probably a starting running back. And that's what Williams will be uh, as long as he's healthy. And then Montgomery will be back, hopefully, on fantasy rosters by week 11. Some defense. Well, actually, before we get to the defensive stuff, uh, Josh Gordon has been promoted to the active roster. Has a chance to play this week against the Buffalo Bills. Dallas released uh, Jalen Smith, which was uh, interesting, and the Patriots released Stephon Gilmore, which was even mm. more interesting. How about that? And already Heath predicting, and Dave that he'll go to the Bucks. Makes sense. The Bears acquired Jakeem Grant from Miami for a 2023 sixth-round pick. I don't think that's fantasy-relevant. In terms of back, we got some reports yesterday about backfields, Heath. For Detroit, this is just an ESPN. I don't know if you want to call it speculation or, or maybe it's sourced. Um, but Detroit's backfield could depend on the scheme in terms of how they divvy up the touches, the scheme that they face each week. I think Dan Campbell and Anthony Lynn are going to fight about this. Philadelphia could be a timeshare backfield unless unless and until Miles Sanders busts out, according to ESPN. I don't understand what that means, considering he's been better virtually every way you could measure it than Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah, he, and like I said on FFT and 5, you can't bust out unless you're getting carries, so maybe try that. And Alex Collins, not likely to have an increased role, according to The Athletic. But, but Chris Carson didn't practice Tuesday with right. a neck issue. Yeah, and they have the Thursday And they game. play Thursday. Yeah. So he's very likely to have an increased role if Chris Carson doesn't practice or isn't able to play. Yeah, and there was what a Seattle Times article that really praised uh, Alex Collins. He's lost weight and he's lighter now. He's moving better, according to Pete Carroll. And uh, you know that article, at least Dave thinks that Collins could be could be a pretty useful player and could help unlock the run game a little bit. I said it. On Tuesday, it wouldn't surprise me if three weeks from now we saw uh, Collins with a slight nod, a lead here in Seattle's backfield. And it pains me to say it. I love Chris Carson. But if, if Chris Carson didn't look good last week and Collins did, you want to talk about you need to run. We talked with the 49ers earlier on this show about how Raheem Mostert's speed helped make a huge difference with the offensive line. There wasn't that much more speed to Alex Collins than there was to Chris Carson last Sunday, but it was enough to help Collins get to the spot he needed to get to in order to gain ground. So I, I'm i interested to see what happens next in Seattle. Uh, Pete Carroll just wants to run the football. I know he loves Chris Carson. He loves his physicality, but if he can't do it, and now if he's hurt, it makes it easy for him to just give Collins way more work. Time for our new segment. We're going to try to take inventory on the positions here. We might have to cut it. Why don't we just do running backs and wide receivers or something? And next week we can do quarterbacks and tight ends. Uh, we have a game to preview. We have the fantasy cops. We have a lot of fantasy copsing to do. 
fantasy policing, as they call it. Um, so why don't we, yeah, quarterback and tight end are much easier. Running back and wide receivers should give us better debate here. Who's a difference maker? Who could join or leave the group? Who do you feel just totally comfortable with in your lineup? Within this discussion, if you feel like there are some buy lows or some sell highs, please throw it out. Now, we didn't know the name of the segment. The first suggestion was real or fake. That was terrible. Um, the second suggestion was, you know, I don't want to steal anything from other analysts or anything, but I thought this, believe it or not believing it. I thought maybe it could work, but we, we moved on from that. Difference maker or difference... What, he's believing in that one. Yeah. Would you? Oh, that was brilliant. That's what I said in the text. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, he did not come up with that one. Difference maker or difference faker? Well, he came up with 70% of it, just in a different... Sure. Difference maker or difference faker? League winner or fantasy sinner? Buy it or deny it. That one doesn't really work. I think difference maker or difference faker. I don't know what exactly we're doing here. Yeah, so basically you have this player. <laughs> you feel very comfortable with this player. You start him. It's it's just, you know, it's perfect. You're either going to buy it or deny it. No, we're not buying or selling anything. We're saying, are they a difference maker or a difference faker? You're buying their recent their production so far or denying it. No, not necessarily because they could be off to a bad start, but you still believe in them. Like Lamar Jackson is not off to a great start, but he's definitely in this group. So we're not talking about the people who have been difference makers so far. They will be discussed, but I want to know if you think that they are true difference makers, like Kareem Hunt, for example. Can you get us started, and then I'll have a better grasp of what we're doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So okay. my question is, which running backs do you just think are part of a group that you're you're not really willing to just trade away? You know, like they they're just they're really good. They're, they're keeper. They're keepers. Yeah, you keep you them. Keep them on your team no Fine. matter what. They're not. Look, I'm not saying that you can't make a trade off or try to upgrade, but you know what I'm saying. So. At running back, all right, the obvious ones, McCaffrey, Henry, Eckler, Zeke, Jones, Nick Chubb, Montgomery went healthy. Let's go to Kareem Hunt. Do you think Kareem Hunt— Dalvin Cook? Would, Kunk, would Dalvin Cook make it? Yeah, I'm just going down the list of fantasy points. Yes, Dalvin Cook would make it. <laughs> so we are talking about how they've done so far. Well, yeah. What the hell? Okay. Yes. I don't, I don't understand. Like, Nick Chubb? Do you feel like Nick Chubb is an absolute you know, must-start, no question? Difference maker. I, yeah. Yes. Yeah, great, of course. What about Kareem Hunt? He is the number seven running back in non-PPR. Um, what, what, yeah, what about Kareem Hunt? Do you feel that way about him, or do you think he I could think leave the group? I think he's a sell high. Okay. For what? Kamara? Uh, that would be easy, right? You'd do that. I'd rather have oh, Daryl Henderson. Yeah. Daryl Henderson. So the fact that I would Henderson, have Henderson too. The fact that Henderson is in this group, I think, is good stuff. I mean, that's fantasy relevant. You guys are obviously buying in. The one thing that gives me a little bit of pause, I just want to see what happens this week because Dave alluded to it. Sony Michelle fumbled. I think the carries were something like six to three when Michelle fumbled and in favor of Henderson. And Michelle didn't have a carry the rest of the game. Sometimes that's just an in-game thing, and next week, you know, he's out of the doghouse. So I do want to see if, if Henderson dominates again this week, but you guys are in. Great offense, ton of carries, a little bit of passing game. All right, Henderson's in the group. Uh, James Robinson, are we totally good yeah. with him now? Trust. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to start him. Big trust. Big trust. Mixon, Barkley, Najee. Like, even Najee is a sell high, but he's still in Big this trust. Group. He's definitely in this group that whatever it is. I think we know what it is. Antonio Gibson? Is Antonio Gibson in it? He's in it. 
he's in it, but he's also like Najee is someone that you could sell high on. If you, it, what I'm thinking about with Najee and with Gibson is if, when I say sell high, I mean, maybe try and upgrade, take this great running back and try and turn him into something even better. Hey, Schrager, you there? What's up? Do you understand what the hell I'm talking about in this segment? Like, do you get it? Yes, but I also understand how confusing this is. Only confusing because Heath is making it confusing. I think I think on purpose. I'm seeking out clarification. I'm trying to do the exact opposite of what I'm being accused of. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Here's a good one. Clyde Edwards Elair. Are you totally comfortable with him? No. That's so when I'm it comes to him, about. I feel like you have to. Like, here's another running back that's getting 15 touches. And uh, it's hard to find these guys. Right. He's right. not in that same bubble as the other running backs that we've been talking about so far. He's out of that. Wait, so you, not, so you agree. It's not big trust, but it's still true. If I have Edwards Hilaire on my team, I'm starting him. Yeah. Not necessarily. Give me an example. Um, well, I mean, you would start DeAndre Swift over him, I assume. James Robinson over him. Daryl Henderson over him. Um, sure. I, I think in PPR, you start Chase Edmonds and Kareem Hunt over him. I, uh, I this week maybe. in this week in PPR, I would start Cordero Patterson over him. This is over Clyde Edwards Elair. So this is this is right. what I'm talking about. Where I, I think right. the, the, what you want to know. Adam. The Clyde manager should know that we don't view him as a no doubt about it slam dunk start, even coming off two good games in a row. And that's where I think you might put out some offers. So all right, this is this is the goal of the segment here. <laughs> Uh, DeAndre Swift, even with with two, you know, kind of duds and two stud games. I'm starting DeAndre Swift. He is in the group for sure in PPR. He's questionable in none. Uh, Melvin, he's not in. He's not in the top group in none. Melvin Gordon is actually RB 16 in non PPR, but he's not he's in not, the group. No. He's definitely not in the club. Chris Carson, is he still in it? No. No. Really? Not in not in he the number a, one club. He has a neck injury. Uh, all right, a healthy Chris Carson, though. Do you think that Alex Collins really eats into his work, or do you, do you think Carson just goes back to being the lead running back and he's fine? I, I Carson's not had the same role in the passing game that I was hoping for, and he's sharing a little bit on early downs, so no. he's not. He hasn't played 50% of the snaps in two of his last three games. Would you rather have Clyde Edwards-Elair or Carson? Carson's higher on the rest-of-season chart just because... Uh, well, he, he's there because it came out on Tuesday. If he doesn't play on Thursday, I think I'd rather have Edwards Elair. Okay. Uh, Might down. be a little overreactionary on my part, but I'm nervous. Chase Edmonds is there in full PPR. What about... He's in the second club. Yeah, right. Uh, the Not a stud, but starting him. James Conner. He's not, he's not partying at excess. He's hanging out at, like, whatever nightclub is at uh, the Mirage. <laughs> James Conner. No. He's hanging out at the nightclub at the Hooters Casino. But he's in a club. Christian McCaffrey, yes. Jonathan, Have you said Jonathan Taylor yet? Jonathan Taylor's next. He's in the club. How did James Conner get in a... I'm a just going by before? fantasy points scored. Wow, so that means Conner scored more than Jonathan Taylor this year. In non-PPR. Wow, man. Uh, uh, Taylor's in the club. Zach Moss. No. They he's did... In- they benched Devin Singletary last week after the fumble. He did not get back in until the backups were in. I didn't know that at the time, but 
saw that yesterday. So well, now, see, this is the that is true. Yes, that is what I okay. read. I, I, I'm not saying that part's not true. I'm just saying going into last week, we were talking about how Zach Moss is dominating the garbage time. And so that's why he's going to be really good in a game against Houston because there's lots of carries in garbage time. Yeah. And well, he did. The way I, you could have sp- spun that was Zach Moss isn't playing very much until the game's out of control. Devin Singletary is clearly the starting running back. Now, this week, Zach Moss played more when the game might have been in question. The game was never in question. And Devin Singletary played more in garbage time. And it's a point in Zach Moss's favor because Devin Singletary got benched and didn't play until garbage time. He got benched, though. I mean, he, he got benched. He didn't. Like split. they made him go sit on the bench or he just because Zach Moss gets benched. He got regularly. benched for fumbling. He got benched for fumbling. It was different the, than just the, this was Zach why, Moss's series. But, okay. They, that's what I like read. Look, that's just this? what I read. I'm not, you know, that's, I read a recap of the game. That's what the Bills writer said. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, if that's, if that's true and Devin Singletary is not going to play any more than Zach Moss would be in the circle of trust. No. Yeah. But I didn't say that Singletary is not going to play. I just said that's what happened, but he's got four fumbles in four games. I just don't know when that might, the reason I'm questioning this so much is not because I want to love Devin Singletary. It's because, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary regularly go entire series without playing. And so I would, unless a coach said something, I would wonder how you would know that a player got benched. Okay. It does look like Devin Singletary played with Trubisky and the backup guy. That's what I'm saying. Uh, For until the kneel downs at the end of the game. And then for two kneel downs, it was Zach Moss. No one cares about that. Yeah, I will. uh, I will try to find exactly what I read and read it to you going back down to the list of running backs here. Uh, Daryl Henderson, you guys appear very high on, so he's in there. How about Jamal Williams? We, we can, we, I think okay. we can move on now to a different position. There's nobody else left in the, well, I haven't even said Dalvin cook. <laughs> Dalvin we, said, we said Dalvin cook. When you you know. were going All right, well, how, about Lata- how about Latavius Murray? How about no. Leonard Fournette? No, Fournette's about- starting to get into that second club. How about the elite club, but a trustworthy starter club? If you're legitimately asking about Latavius Murray, then I again don't know. I'm sorry, the guy who's dominating carries for the Ravens and uh, you know has scored all their scored their rushing touchdowns. That's not a legitimate question. Is he in the difference maker must start club? Is what you're asking. That's what I'm asking. Is he yes? No. Okay. I mean, obviously he's not in the same group as Jonathan Taylor, but he might be in the same group as Chase Edmonds. Or something like that. He's going to score more touchdowns than Edmonds. He's not going to have the catches, obviously. But I think you could argue that Latavius Murray, I don't think he's a must-start because I don't know what they're going to do from week to week. But, all right, I mean, I thought it was a question worth asking. That Adam, is probably it. Cordauer Patterson would be the last guy. You're starting him if you've got Patterson, unless you were loaded at running back to begin with. Patterson's in the Chase Edmonds group. All right. There's no way we're going to have time for wide receivers, so we're going to do quarterback instead. And Adam, what? Singletary's fumble came uh, late third quarter. It was recovered by Buffalo. He didn't play again until Trubisky was the quarterback in the fourth quarter. It was seven. But was play. that multiple series? No, uh, with Trubisky, it appears. No, was it multiple in- series that he set out? That's what I was asking. Uh, I'd have to double check that. My guess is it was one series. All right, like I said, I'm just going to read you when as soon as I find it. So let's go to quarterbacks here. Give me the quarterbacks that um, 
you know, are the are the Patrick Mahomes, no Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts, Russ, Dak. Russ Herbert, and Dak are Stafford. more in the questionable range for me with Stafford and um and Rogers. No, Herbert's in that first group, except for this week. All right. Okay. Um, so you've got like 11 quarterbacks that are in the first club, first and second, maybe there's four or five that are in the VIP section. I would put, yes. So there are the biggest club in town. These 11 quarterbacks are in there, but it's Kyler Mahomes, Allen Brady that are in the VIP section. I would keep Lamar in there. Even, even with what he's been so far. Okay. Lamar's not in my VIP section, but otherwise I agree. Really? Okay. Why not, Dave? Because he just he's only had one game with more than 20 fantasy points. Does it he's feel still like a must start fantasy quarterback and just not in that, you know, stud, super stud VIP gold star tier. But he, I think, would say buy low on Lamar Jackson because there should be more production. Great idea. It's a great idea. I think Lamar Jackson's mostly been a touchdown problem, right? I think so. Right, yeah. I mean, he's, he's throw. Yeah, his his yardage is is very impressive. Um, let's see, where the hell is this? You're gonna think I made this up, but I really didn't. No, I don't think you made it up at all. <laughs> oh, um, did Devin Singletary even fumble at him? Okay, here we go. Bills LVP. This is from the Athletic. Devin Singletary. His yards per attempt average was good, but he fumbled for the fourth time in four games. The Bills benched Singletary for the rest of that drive and the two drives after, and only brought him back once. Backups went in. It's worth keeping an eye on next week's back uh, running back usage. Okay, that's from okay the athletic. Uh, all right, did you include? I wasn't listening. I'm very sorry. Did you include Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr in your group? No, he is not in the big club. So the question for quarterback is: If you have them, you don't feel like you need to make an upgrade. You could, but you don't need to. So if you had Carr and Cousins on your team, do you feel like you need to make an upgrade? Or you no, just... I didn't know we were changing the rules of the club, so they can be in the club now. Okay, that is the yeah, that that is the quarterback rule. I want to know how many quarterbacks you feel like I can win my league with this guy. Right? So Carr, Cousins, Sam Darnold. No, definitely not Sam Darnold. No, thirty-three percent of Sam Darnold's in. fantasy points have come on rushing production, and he's run for fifty-two yards in four games. But he also Sam has Darnold's an extremely low uh, touchdown. I will rate. deny it. I believe. But What's that? <laughs> he also has a very low touchdown rate, passing touchdown rate. You know what? That's been consistent for four years. But it's even lower, I'm pretty sure. I, I feel like it's a career low or a close. Um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But like, like some of the one-yard touchdown runs could be passing touchdown. But okay, fine. No Sam Darnold. Uh, how about... Yeah, I mean, that's probably it, right? So no... Well, did you mention Burrow? Because Burrow... No, I don't think we put yeah, him in the what do you think about club? Burrow? Sam Darnold has a 3.4% touchdown rate. His career touchdown rate is 3.7%. Yeah, there you go. See, it's low. Uh, how about, yeah, so Joe Burrow. <laughs> right, but, but like obviously he's playing better. He, he's got three straight 300-yard passing games. So I would expect his touchdown rate would be better than what he's been with the Jets. So he's, he's doing much better than he ever has. So I'm not looking at his career touchdown rate. If you're well, betting right, on Sam he, Darnold, what, what, what he's done for his whole life has been QB 32. So he could be much, much better and not be in the uh, yeah. 
I agree. Well, I'm not even arguing. I mean, I don't think Sam Darnold's going to win your fantasy league. Okay. No, I, I agree with you. I'm just saying that I, I feel like his touchdown rate probably should be higher because he's, he's, he's throwing for so many more yards. And it least. might go higher once he stops rushing for touchdowns. If those it, runs become exactly. throws, then the touchdown rate is clearly going to go up. That was my point. But it might be lower once Christian McCaffrey comes back. Do you feel like you can win your league with Derek Carr? I mean, if the rest of my team's really good. Yeah. Do you yeah. feel like you can win it with Joe Burrow? I think Burrow's at the front of the line to get into the club, and he's got a chance to get in without greasing the bouncer 50 bucks. Do you see any other quarterbacks that could break into this must-start, no question about it, group? And I Trey think, Lance. Okay, Lance. Lance, Burrow. Wait, well, the... Could Tannehill get back in? Yeah. I think Tannehill could get back in. Heath, I basically yeah. want to know, like, okay, I feel good at quarterback. I'm not panicking at all. I'm just going to ride this guy. That's what I'm talking about. He could get into that group. Who? Trey Lance. Tannehill, yeah. People are really very down on him. He's, <laughs> He's been dropped in a bunch of our Yeah. Gets, Can't imagine what his roster gets his is. two quarter or wide receivers back, you know. He could he could definitely be someone you regretted you regret dropping uh, when the season's over. What about Daniel Jones? Do you think he could become that? Sure. Really? Oh boy, this is going to get Adam excited. Oh. The, the well, I mean, we're up to like 19 quarterbacks we've talked about, so I think he could be a top half of the league quarterback, yes. He's in the line. He's in line. He might even be close to the front of the line. About Taylor Heineke? Sure. He's at really? the back of the line. Okay, he's at the back. Justin Fields? Back of the line. But it's possible. All right, that's it for He's me. at the back of the line, and his, his dad is next to him in line. His dad is Matt Nagy. And his dad might say when he gets close to the front of the line, son, it's past your bedtime. You've got to go home. And then they like wave in Andy Dalton, who <laughs> begs for change outside the club. All right, we got to take a break here. When we come back, we're previewing the Rams and the Seahawks. Is the Rams defense still great? Because Russell Wilson really struggled against them in three starts last year. We'll talk about it right after this on Fantasy Football Today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Two quarterbacks who are in the club, whatever that meant, 
Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford face off on Thursday night. Rams at Seahawks. Na 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 na. Yeah. Okay. Which quarterback do you like better? Stafford. Which running back do you like better? Assuming Carson plays. Henderson. Henderson. Who is the well? Rank the top three wide receivers in this game. How would you rank them? Cup Metcalf Lockett. Sounds about right. Okay. Is that how you'd rank it rest of season, by the way? Cup over Metcalf? Yeah. Yeah. I went to into a little bit of a deep dive on the Seahawks offense on Monday. Russell Wilson is having, by some measures, his best year so far. But they have run the fewest plays in the NFL. Their time of possession has been frighteningly low. And I hope that changes. Probably a little fluky. <laughs> They're never this bad. And, you know, they're not like going to run a ton of plays, but they are fewest in the NFL. It's crazy. And that could be why we're seeing some inconsistency from Lockett and only one game with more than like 65 yards from DK Metcalf. Uh, all right. So let's start, though, with the Rams here. Matthew Stafford is a top seven quarterback. Would you start uh, Jalen Hurts over Stafford? Yeah. Uh, I'm starting Stafford over Hurts. Okay. Hurts is at Carolina. They're very close. No, I've honestly. got Stafford over Hurts. They're back-to-back. Would you start Aaron Rodgers or Stafford? Oh, Stafford. Stafford Would you start sure. Aaron Rodgers or Wilson? Wilson. I have Rodgers one spot ahead of Wilson. All right, start the quarterbacks. Daryl Henderson. Let's talk a little bit more about him. Uh, Daryl Henderson or Damian Williams? Henderson, Henderson by a considerable margin. Henderson is a top 40 player for me in PPR. Okay. Not right, so running start him. Daryl Henderson or uh, Jonathan Taylor against Baltimore at Baltimore Monday night. I would go Henderson. I would too. Wow. Okay. Start Henderson. Chris Carson. Then we'll stick with the running backs here. Would you start Chris Carson or Jonathan Taylor in a tough matchup? Taylor. I, Carson is one that I have projected right behind the backup class of Damian Williams, Chuba Hubbard, and Samaj P. Ryan. But for now, I've moved him higher in the rankings of that group. But it's a low-end number two. Wish I had better options. Okay. Uh, so you'd Dave's, start, per, Dave's perplexed. You'd start Cordero. Oh, I, I actually agree. Oh, okay. I thought you, With, you had a want... frown on your eyebrows, I thought. I misread it. You'd start Cordero Patterson over Chris Carson? I would. We're there. All right. So why though? I don't know what to expect from from Patterson or from Carson. Sorry. I kind of don't know what to expect from Patterson either, but from Carson, I really just don't know how much he's going to play. Don't know how effective he's going to be. I usually, I love this spot for running backs. He's at home on a short week and the Rams just gave up 170 yards rushing to the Cardinals. But I just, I don't know how good he's going to be. So that makes me nervous. And, Go to the wide receivers. Would you start Robert Woods or Chris Carson? I believe I have Woods higher in PPR. I think I have Carson higher than Woods, but... Sean McVay said he wants to get... My deep dive was on Woods. Yeah. You you did a deep dive on the Seahawks. Mine was on... (laughs) The Rams. Right. It wasn't that deep of a dive. I just mentioned that they (laughs) run the fewest plays. But yeah, go ahead. Okay. So what I notice is that the Rams are running plenty of design plays for Cooper Cup, for Tyler Higbee, for Van Jefferson, 
for Daryl Henderson and not really for Robert Woods. You can watch the Van Jefferson touchdown from last week. Robert Woods is blocking at the line of scrimmage on the play. I've tweeted out other plays where Woods is blocking while other players have success, and it definitely looks like Matthew Stafford favors Cup over Woods, and he might favor just downfield throwing overall. We talked earlier this week about what the uh, what the A dot is for Robert Woods. His average depth of route this year, 7.79. That's wide receiver 99. Last year, it was 6.82. Stafford's average throw depth is 8.59. That's quarterback 13. Last year for golf, it was 6.6. So it was really close as far as what Woods, the route of uh, the, the depth of routes that Woods is running. But Stafford, far and away, more aggressive than Goff. And that's what's making it hard on Woods, who's just not running downfield nearly as much. He can get open versus zone coverage. There was one play where he ran straight and he looked fast. He's playing all the time. But I just feel like he's the odd man out right now in this offense. All that being said, Sean McVay came out this week and said, we need to get Robert Woods more opportunities. And that starts with me. The last time he said that, Deshaun Jackson went for over 100 yards. He was talking about Deshaun Jackson, and Jackson had a big game. I'm okay starting Woods as a flex, but you know I'm at the tipping point where if you can't trust him, that's fine. This is a good matchup, by the way. Seattle's I think, yeah. fourth most, no ninth most passing yards to receivers this year. It is a good matchup. Who would you start ahead of him? Would you start? Uh, would you start uh, Jacoby Myers? Would you start Jamison Crowder? Over I would start Myers and Crowder in full PPR. I think I've got Woods ahead of Crowder, but behind Myers, but they're they're in the same range. How about LaVisca Chenault or Robert Woods? Chenault. Uh, He's got an even Chenault. better matchup. Um I and think I, I have Woods. Woods. I have Woods higher than Chenault and non PPR. Last one. How about um could do a running back here? James Connor or Robert Woods? Woods. It's Woods. Starter sit Tyler Higby. Prefer to sit. Still a top 12 fantasy tight end. Higby or Pitts? Pitts. Okay. Uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, three games against the Rams last year. He scored 9, 21, and 19 fantasy points in six point per passing touchdown leagues. Lockett, by the way, had three terrible games. Um, Well, three bad games. His best was 11 PPR points. Metcalf had two bad games and then a good game in the playoffs. So yeah, I, I this Rams defense just it doesn't appear to be as good as it was last year. Three of the four teams that they have played have averaged more yards per attempt, yards per play rather, than they do for the full season. So in other words, they've kind of overperformed against the Rams. Uh, I don't know. I just they're not they don't appear to be a lockdown defense by any stretch. So. Wilson is like kind of in the back of your, he's like around 10th for you guys. You think he's going to have a good game? Yeah, I think he could have a good game, but the, the lack of pass attempts is definitely frustrating. I wish that he had a lot more and, um, you know, he's, he's, he ranks 26th in pass attempts this year and he's still top five in completion rate yards per pass attempt, passing touchdowns and passer rating. So just imagine what he would be if they would just say, "All right, it's it's not the run. I think it's just the plays. Like I said, it's the time of possession has been incredible. They had an overtime game, a full overtime, 
And they had the ball for like 22 or 23 minutes in that game against the Titans. It's just weird what's happening there. So I, I don't know that they're so run-heavy or anything like that. It is, like I said, if he was plays in the NFL over and over again, I'll remind you. But, all right, Wilson's basically I mean, they, the start. they do have a 51.6% pass rate on the year. So they are throwing it slightly more than they are running it. But in terms of the league average, that would definitely be skewed towards more run-heavy than league average. But they always are that way, no? Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like he, it's not just a play volume thing for Russ. He's if if they were running the a league average number of plays, he would still be below average in terms of pass attempts. But he always is below average in terms of pass attempts. Is that is 51 percent higher or lower than what we usually see from the Seahawks? They have bounced in both directions of that number. Okay, but they've not. But they've never been like 60 percent. No, but they've never. They haven't really been like the Ravens or Titans either, where they go like 55 percent run. Okay. Uh, if Carson is out, would you rank Alex Collins similarly, sort of back end of the top 24? Yep. I might even rank him higher. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Because now there's no question about, yeah, Travis Homer would probably work in some passing downs and that would be it. DK Metcalf, is he a must start because Jalen Ramsey has not been shadowing this year? Yeah. Start him. He'd be a must start even if Jalen Ramsey was shadowing. Okay. Well, it wasn't, didn't work out so well last year, but all right. uh, No. Tyler Lockett. you'd still start him. Tyler Lockett, starter sit. I've got him as a low-end number two receiver in PPR. I'm starting him. Daryl yeah, Henderson or Tyler Lockett. Have really good options. Henderson or Lockett? I have Lockett higher than Henderson. I think I probably, it's probably a... No, I don't. I have Henderson higher. My bad. Okay. I'm assuming we're sitting the Seattle tight ends, and I got to do a little bit more Lockett. I'm sorry. Lockett is going to be ahead of Robert Woods, obviously, but would you rather start Lockett or Odell Beckham this week? Lockett. Lock. Come on. Lockett or Calvin Ridley against the Jets? Ridley. Ridley. Lockett or Adam Thielen against Detroit? Lockett. Thielen. Okay, Fournette against Miami or Lockett? Lockett. Lockett. Okay. Lockett, uh. Sit the Seahawks tight ends and start or sit the Rams DST. Um, I, I'd prefer to have a different option, but I understand if you don't want to carry two defenses. Reluctant starting option. You're keeping them because you know what they're capable of doing most weeks. Hopefully. We're basically out of time. I don't have time to talk about the podcast league. Let's just go to the fantasy cops from the listeners. Okay. Uh, Wait a minute. This, I can't what do you it. have done is more important than, than the listeners' questions. No, it, nothing is more important than the listeners' questions. It, it is definitely more important. They're going to learn. I think we can make time. I'll do it at the very end. I'll do it at the very end. I'll do it at the very end. In case right, anybody still cares. All right. Fantasy Cops from Detroit Hawk City. Since picking up Cordaro Patterson after week two, my league commissioner has refused to grant him running back status. He cites it being a, quote, slippery slope as he did mm-hmm. not pick up Juwan Johnson, who only has wide receiver eligibility in our league, when he needed a tight end. We're also an IDP league, so he states that he would have to change some defensive linemen to linebackers. He called a league vote, which was skewed to review this change next year. I think it's common sense to make the change, and I don't think the other managers should have input. It does not help that I'm in first place and have a good, uh, and have a good team, blah, blah, blah. Is my complaint legit? Do you have any solutions or advice? 
This is like literally, literally almost could have come from our dynasty league. Other than the fact that I did not call a league vote. I just did exactly what this commissioner did. I love the option to have the multi-position eligibility. I don't think, especially once someone's already picked Cordero Patterson up off of waivers, you've had the, the fab process and people made the decision how much to bid on him based on his eligibility. I don't think after that process has gone through, you should be changing his eligibility. It's a good argument. It is, but I keep telling people to, to change him because he's playing running back. And the thing is, he's been a running back, you know, going into the year. It's not like this I is understand. his first time playing running back. So I guess, all right, so you think this is, the commissioner did it right. Dave, how about you wrap this up real quick? What do you think? I, I, I'm okay with changing the position in season. And I know that in IDP leagues especially, that's going to impact a lot of other players. And that's, that's it, the key not, distinction for me. It is. I, I understand. But it's not like you're taking away a position eligibility for anybody. You're just adding position eligibility for everybody. I think I side with Heath here. Especially since they did the league vote and the league's not okay with it. I think you I agree with the it. league vote part. From Joseph. This came up in our fantasy basketball salary cap draft yesterday, but it fits in any salary cap league. A manager nominated a bench player, Seth Curry, for $40. And two managers immediately bid higher, thinking it was Steph Curry. This player would never go for that much normally if he didn't have a similar name. I asked to stop the draft and redo it over because it was an obvious mistake. The commission did not stop the draft and said, too bad, they should have known. This really disappointed me, and I decided to quit the draft because I did not want to be in a league with managers like this. What are your thoughts on this? Nominating Seth Curry. I mean, he nominated Seth Curry for $40. That is so risky. Usually it's like you nominate him for a dollar, and then everybody bids up because they think it's Steph or something. He nominated him for 40 That is so ballsy. But, all right, what do you think, Dave? You know uh, why he nominated him for 40 Why? Because he thought it was Steph Curry. I don't know. I don't think so. I think he. Nobody, nobody would purposely put Seth Curry out there for forty. They I, might do it. I. This if, should you know, not. If you're just stand. trying to do it for giggles, then you might do it for like five. And then your commissioner reverses it and says, "Okay, we had a nice laugh. Now let's get back to the real That's salary cap draft." Gone down. This should not should stand. Nobody should have Seth Curry for that much. Yeah, I think quitting the league was the right response. <laughs> All right, uh, I got one more here from Stoke-on-Trent, England. This is from Jake in Stoke-on-Trent, England. I'm the commissioner in a work league that's run for five years. Over the weekend, two players made a bet on a soccer match involving players from their fantasy team. The bet lost for one player, so he traded Aaron Jones for Mike Davis. All of the league complained, and they reversed the trade, claiming it was a joke. Okay, good. League members still want the players to be punished. As it was reversed, I see no harm now or at most maybe take $5 from their waiver wire budget. Please help and make the ruling. No, reverse the deal. Tell them they can't make bets involving their fantasy teams. Right, they did all that, but do you think they should penalize them? It's over. Yeah, I agree. No no further penalty this time. No harm, no foul. I'm going to read Apple Podcast questions, then we'll talk about what happened in the podcast league. From MD Juarez. Someone in my league dropped Cordaro Patterson. It's a 10-team league. Uh, I have Henry, Henderson, Edmonds, Damian Harris, Sermon, and Michelle. I'd be dropping Michelle for Patterson. Should I drop? Should I do that? 
and how much fab should I spend? 10-team league. Yes, and 15%. I was going to say 20%, so yeah. From BD45, I have both Chubb and Hunt on my team, and every week is a massive mind game trying to figure out who to play at flex. Having Amari Cooper on my team as well, and Cortland Sutton and Allen Robinson. Is trading Hunt for someone like Chase Edmonds a good idea? I would aim higher than Chase Edmonds. And you know what you could do? You could take Hunt and one of those underperforming receivers and try and turn it into one very good player. Start that guy. Okay, yeah, I think Edmonds is not not enough to get in trade. By the way, I don't I don't necessarily have a problem with starting Chubb and Hunt on the same fantasy team, especially with the way that Hunt is rolling these days. Yeah. I think it's 11 or 12 touchdowns in his last 17 games with Chubb. Mm, That's interesting. rough estimate, but it's it is that high. All right, from Michael, grade the trade, get Swift and Hopkins, give Brandon Cooks and DJ Moore. Cooks and Moore for Swift and Hopkins. A plus. And from Big Meter, how do I decide between Fant and Pitts on a weekly basis? You start Fant until Kyle Pitts starts to show signs of life, which he technically did. And we put them, put them both on the trade offer and take the best offer. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get any good offers for either one. All right, folks. So Saturday night, I was looking at the podcast league rosters, and I noticed that a number, almost half the league had at least one player on IR that shouldn't have been. Our rule is you can put a player in your IR spot if he's actually on IR or if he's on the pup list. Now, in the CBS app, there is a function that says you can only put players that are on IR in an IR spot, but I had to uncheck that to allow for Pupless players like Michael Thomas and Tariq Cohen, etc., to be put in an IR spot. Unfortunately, that allows you technically to put anyone you want there. But we're on an honor system. It's my job as the commissioner to be more vigilant and check. Um, and I think some people forgot. But I did write an email, and the rules were... I wrote an email at the beginning of the year explaining what the IR's rule were. So you can only put players on IR or Pup in your IR spot. So on Saturday night, I sent an email that said, this is not okay, people. And I said, we got a bunch of managers who have players in our IR spot that shouldn't be. You have until kickoff on Sunday to make your lineups, your rosters legal. And if you don't, I'm giving you a loss. So two teams ended up winning with illegal rosters with players on IR that shouldn't be in an IR spot. Players in an IR spot that shouldn't be there. Guys like, I think Eli Mitchell was one of them. Um... T. Higgins was one, but that was a Thursday game, so I didn't count that one because I didn't warn them before. Uh, there, I don't know. You know, you get the point. Players who were just out. A.J. Brown, it might have been. No, I have AJ, whatever. Who cares? Um, so I was thinking about giving them a loss. I reached out to them. It turns out that these managers did not see my email, didn't get the notification, because not only did I email on Saturday night, I also sent individual emails through the league on Sunday morning. They did not get them. I think that's their fault. I think they have to turn the notifications on in the league. I wish personally that I had given them more time instead of just Saturday night, which it was late. I think it was 10.30 or so. Uh, so that's on me a little bit. Uh, but ultimately, that was the rule, and they broke the rules. And I decided after going back and forth with some of the managers, and one was very pissed off about it, I decided to give ties instead of losses. 
So two teams that actually lost were awarded a tie. Dave was one of them. He lost by less than a point to an illegal lineup team. I thought that I went a little bit too far with the losses, and I decided that a tie would be better. And I stand by my decision. And he obviously does not think I did the right thing. <laughs> it's just, I have received so much joy over the past 72 hours reading the emails in the, from this situation. Even the very first one. Like, I think my favorite thing was last week where you sent an email out in a league you're not the commissioner tattling on people who had players in their IR spots that were not IR well, spots. Because, that was, because that everybody was really, knows. It reminded me, yeah, of uh, of another Azer moment in the past that we won't bring up now. But, I don't know what you're um, talking about, but every, everybody in those leagues knows the rules. Like in, in our podcast league, it might be a little bit different, but those are CBS leagues. Everybody knows the damn rules. You cannot well, put T. Higgins in an IR spot. That pissed me off. Like that was People were cheating, in my opinion. I, well, see, I'm in multiple leagues where if a player is out, you can put them in an IR spot. Yeah, that's never been the case. It was, expl- so, it was explained. And that was the case in many of our leagues last year because the commissioner doesn't check, and it only gets enforced when you send tattletale emails. But, I'm fine with that. I'm um, a whistleblower. The, the idea that you sent an email at 11 o'clock on Saturday night when presumably if half the league had players in IR spots, then half the league had an illegal lineup on Thursday when those when that game happened and got to carry somebody for an extra however many days. Probably I'm going to assume somebody had an illegal lineup last week and you didn't notice it. It's possible. And gave an ultimatum with basically 12 hours notice. And the follow-up email. Right. What percentage of people do you think check their email between 11 o'clock on Saturday night and 1 p.m. on Sunday afternoon? 95%. Oh, I don't think that's accurate. Well, they should. Okay. (laughs) I I would disagree with that as well. But And then the cowardice to just (laughs) immediately change your mind. When these people say they didn't see your email, which you really shouldn't have expected them to in the first place. I Most people saw Did you see the email? Get, what? Did you see the email? Yes. I, I have to check my email on, on Sunday mornings. Yes. Um, I think a lot of people don't, but... And, and then the, the solution to go with the tie. Yeah. Uh, now we have four teams in our league with a one in the tie column. So what? And and I loved the fact that we also have this point discrepancy now because you changed the point totals. Well, that's not my fault. That's the only way I could And do it. in theory, if you had an illegal lineup, they should have just had zero points. No, I'm not giving them a zero. That's too punitive. That's too, like, I this no, that's draconian. I'm not giving them a zero. I am giving them a tie. They lost a half a game in the standings. The teams that lost to them gained a half a game in the standings. I think that's the most fair thing here. It was My a only slap hope on the wrist. is that one of the two teams, and I need you to tell me which two teams they are so I can cheer for them to finish with a record of 6-7-1 and one or 7-6-1. and one. My only hope is that the two teams who were gifted a half a victory take one of the last playoff spots over a team that was not involved in this controversy. Like I, that's my only hope. I hope that Dave gets the sixth seed and a team that had nothing to do with this has the seven seed and would have, would Thank have you, had Heath. not for this. <laughs> Thank you, Heath. Dave, would you like to say anything to finish the show? No, I need to abstain from this. Since you say thank you. He apparently benefited. Yeah, I mean, part of me wants to say, Adam, great job. You did super. <laughs> uh, I don't want to commission the podcast league. 
So I don't want to start criticizing you like Heath is because then you'll just say, fine, I'm not going to do this next year. And then someone will have to do it and it'll end up being the person who criticized you. So Heath, congratulations. Yeah. Commissioner Cummings has a great ring. Oh, it would drive Adam crazy if I was the commissioner of this league. No, but things would be done. And when Heath says something, he means it. And the, the lesson learned is when you send out an email that has the words in it, if anyone has an illegal lineup by kickoff on Sunday, I'll have to give you a loss. That should mean that if you have an illegal lineup by Sunday, then you're going to lose, not tie. Oh, I guess actually Adam took a half a win away from you because you should have won that week. He didn't say half a loss. No, right? he Dave lost by 0.66 points, by the Dave way. Dave won by however many points he scored because the other guy had an illegal lineup. And you made it pretty clear. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I think it was the most fair thing to do. This is the advice that I give my children all the time, especially my son. You have to be a man of your word or a woman of your word. You have to be able to have that. That's something in your control 100% of the time. So wow. when you say something, you should mean it. <laughs> no, I'm not. In Heath, world we live in. Heath, your you, reputation is constantly on the line. Hey, Heath, are, are you the commissioner of the other podcast league, the For the People League? Uh, I think I'm a co-commissioner. Because what's going on in this league is pretty egregious too. I, there, there are a lot of players that like. No, there's no bringing up other leagues and stuff like that. We're talking about this league, and uh, you made your decision. We're all going to Julio live Jones with it. on IR in that league, so you know. Well, maybe the rules say that you can put players who are out on IR. No, they don't say that. Also, all right, we gotta I go. Think, we gotta go. Um, I think what Jamie said was probably the better way to handle it in the future. If you have someone in an IR spot, and you should give them more than twelve hours notice. Um, when the week starts, and I usually check this on Wednesday morning, I'll check it in my leagues today, and then I, that person's getting dropped I, I, I'm, by I'm, Sunday. I wasn't. No, I think it's a, it's like I'd rather give someone a loss than make them drop T Higgins. You know, I mean, it's like I'm not dropping them, but yeah, I should have reached out earlier. That was the problem. At the same time, one, at the same time, like if you if you are in a league and you don't turn your notifications on, that's solution, not on me. That's not on the me. Other, the other solution that you would have made this much easier, and I do this in our in our dynasty league. If I go find somebody on an IR spot that doesn't belong there, I just put them on the person's bench, and then the league gives them the notification they have an illegal lineup and they're going to score zero points. Well, guess what? They wouldn't have gotten the notification anyway. because They would have. They, I bet they checked their lineup. They just didn't check their email. Check the freaking message board. It's right in the center of the page. Most people just do it on their phone, Adam. Well, get on your laptop. What is this, 2021? All right, we got to go. Uh, I, I'm done. Uh, we're out of here. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Did you learn anything from this, Adam? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 